Welcome back to Mets on Deck. The Mets getting the Braves tonight. We'll have much more on the game coming up uh, in the next few minutes here. But we have an opportunity to catch up with uh, Mets legend, the original Mr. Mets, still the most games played in a Mets uniform, anybody in the history of the franchise. Uh, it is Ed Cranepool. And, uh, Ed, it's great to have you in. How you doing? Everything all right? Everything is great. If this weather would cooperate, oh. it'd be better for all the Mets fans. It's, uh, it's been brutal and brutally cold at, at those games, but uh, luckily a lot of wins for the Mets uh, to start off this season. And something it's amazing to me, you know, you were of course part of the the '69 Mets. Next year will be the 50 year anniversary of that team, the the Miracle Mets. Is it? Is it hard to believe it's 50 years ago? Can you put that in perspective? Well, it's also hard to believe I'm going to be I'm 73 already. <laughs> you know, I don't know where the last 20 years went, but uh, it's gone very fast. And unfortunately, as you can see from the newspapers in the last couple of weeks, we've lost some players that have been key in a couple of the victories for the Mets. The uh, 69 Mets, we just lost Eddie Charles. And the 73 Mets, we just lost Rusty Staub, two of my good friends and teammates. And uh, it just makes you realize that, uh, you know, you're vulnerable right at this stage of your life. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, you know, let's get into Ed Charles first. How would you describe your relationship with him over the years, the poet laureate of the 69 Mets? He was a sweetheart of a player, you know, and a guy. Uh, personally, I, I stayed friends with him even after retirement. You know, he worked for the city for a couple of years. He's always stayed in New York. He's been the ultimate gentleman. And we lost really a, a patriot of the Mets. He's great. He was a sweetheart. We loved him. We miss him. You know, he did. He wrote a lot of poems about us. You know, and he had some. We had some great times together. And I miss him. And also Rusty. Rusty was was a great guy to have as a teammate. We we had no problems. Rusty was a super superstar. He did everything for the players. He had uh, roast barbecues. We went to his rib place. I tell you, we had a lot of fun with Rusty. You know, so, you know, these are friendships you've had for fifty years, and it's been a long time. And and you hate to see them all go. And Rusty was a great pinch hitter, as you were. Were you able to give him some tips uh, along the way as he developed into that kind of player for the Mets over the years? Well, Rusty and I were on the same team together, you know, and we talked to hitting an awful lot because Rusty was a good hitter. You know, he really worked on his stroke in spring training and batting practice. He didn't do things he wasn't going to do in the ball game. A lot of players make a mistake. They go into batting practice and you got somebody throwing the ball 70 miles an hour and you try to hit home runs, you try to do more than you're really capable of doing, and you could do it in, in batting practice. Then in the game, you try to alter your swing to hit the ball the opposite way. Well, Rusty wouldn't allow that. He wanted to talk baseball. He, he hit the ball to all parts of the field, hit it with power. We always talked baseball, and he was probably one of the best players around to be able to read the signals from the pitcher. Sometimes they make mistakes. They tip things off. Rusty was great at that, and he would offer it to everybody. Now, other guys don't want to do that. They don't want to tell you what they see. But Rusty was willing to do it. He wanted to make the ball club better. So he became a good friend of mine because, look, I'll take all the advantage I can get. I think some of these guys are foolish when they don't want to know a fastball's coming on the inner part of the plate. Mm -hmm. You know, you get ready for it, you can load up, and that's when you can go for that long ball. Yeah, I remember uh, Keith Hernandez a few weeks ago was talking about Rusty Stabby had he had a book on basically all the pitchers, and it went back, you know, to the '60s when he started his, his career until much later. I don't know if he was as open at that point about sharing some of his secrets because Keith said he kind of had to earn it and that down the line when Rusty retired he, he passed on his journal to uh 
to Keith Hernandez. Apparently, Keith still has it, but that's you know unbelievable. Prep, it's got to right? be reciprocal, though. Maybe Keith didn't offer Rusty anything. You know, <laughs> Rusty you was trade, pretty huh? good at that at making a deal. He was a good deal maker. <laughs> you know, but uh, he would help us. Uh, I tell you what, he would tell you a lot of things, and we had some pretty good pitches. We could read there what they were going to throw, but obviously it didn't help. We knew Sandy Koufax everything he was throwing, but the effects, did that help? Not really. Let uh, me check the record out. You know, that's what they say. Check the book. He was 17-2 against the Mets. My first day in the big leagues was 1962 when Sandy pitched a no-hitter and struck out 13 Mets. So I knew it was going to be a long career, but we didn't win him. Too many games against Sandy Koufax. He was the best pitcher I've ever seen. Talking right now with uh, Ed Cranepool, the, the original Mr. Med. And as I mentioned, next year, 50-year anniversary of that 69 Mets team. And Unfortunately, as you know, you guys get up in age a little bit. It becomes about uh, the health for a, a number of you guys, and you know, I know you've uh, you're looking for a kidney right now, Ed. How is your health uh, holding up at the moment? Well, my health is holding up right now, <clears throat> but obviously, I've had a tough 15 months. I had three surgeries on my foot. I had an infection for 15 months, and I couldn't get rid of it. And it happened to be the same infection that Rusty Staub just passed away from cellulitis. It went into his heart, and he had a heart attack. I had that for 15 months, and I changed uh, antibiotics constantly because until they found the right concoction, that was going to work, and I finally got rid of the infection. And, of course, now I'm on the second road to, to get a kidney. Um, I was diagnosed, you know, 15, 16 months ago about needing a kidney, and I've been watching my health, trying to monitor what I eat, and I've been fairly successful in doing so. But, you know, time passes, and... Before you know it, uh, you know, you might be passing that window of opportunity. But, yes, I am looking for a kidney. I'm, I'm, I'm working with Stony Brook uh, kidney transplant people. The operation is going to take effect out there. We just have to find the right kidney, and hopefully we can. You know, their phone number is 631-444-2209. And uh, they'll call up, and they'll tell you whether they're compatible or not. And we'd love to have a Met fan to reach out and Hopefully, uh, I could be the recipient. How about, uh, I mean, that would be the ultimate for a Met fan to, to step up as far as that goes. But how would you describe your you know, relationship with the fan base over the years? And, you know, uh, you played more games than anybody in the history of the team there, you know, basically from day one on that 62 team, 69-73. I mean, uh, but, how would you describe it? Well, the fan base is great. The Met, fan, Met fans are the, are the best fans in the world, really. They're knowledgeable of the game. They, they do know baseball. They want to talk about 69, they want to talk about once in a while 73, they're disappointed we lost that time. But anytime you've done anything in New York, it stays around. Nobody forgets a winner. They also they always forget who finishes second. Mm -hmm. But the fans have been great. I've even had some fans over my house. Uh, you know, my uh, manager, you know, that handles my uh, collection of memorabilia has has uh, vetted these people, brought them over. They've, I let them come through the house, take a look at it. So if people want to come around, they can. It's uh, He's with Momentum Sports Management. He's in Wall Street. Marty Gover is his name. So if they get a hold of him, maybe they can come by and look at my collection. Well, what do you have? I have a lot of stuff. Over 40 years of collection. I, I, I've had the grandkids over there. They've, they've come and taken a lot of stuff out and put it around. It's been a great memories for me. When you look at the sports at field, I've been a collector for a member a lot of years, but it's it's been super. I look at these great memories that I had in 69, 73, the All-Star game in 1965, and it's really super. It bring makes you young, and that's what you got to do. You got to stay young and vibrant, you know. 
I felt last year when I was sick, um, I was sitting around, and I'll tell you what, it was depressing to be in the chair. You really couldn't uh, do anything. Yeah. Uh, now that I feel good again, I want to get up and out. So I'd love to meet my fans. Or have people over the house. Uh, uh, even better there, they right? They can do it. Um, how about what got you into starting to collect? You know what? There were so many great players growing up. I was a New York fan f- from day one. I was a Yankee fan, and uh, my mother was a Giant fan. And, you know, I really didn't care for the Dodgers. <laughs> you know, we never went to Ebbets Field. But the Polo Grounds Yankee Stadium, I followed these guys. I collected when the Yankees used to have the welcome home dinners. I used to go out and do some things. So it's been super. I'll tell you if it's great. You know, New York is a super town. I can walk down to Manhattan. Um, 50 years after the fact today, coming into the city, we had people that talking to us, the guys at the garages, the guys in the street. I mean, they, they recognize you. It's amazing how knowledgeable the New York Met fans are or the, the base of the New York fans are because they know every sport imaginable. And I'll tell you what, it makes you feel good. It keeps you young. What's something you would never part with? Oh, I don't know. I just, just the memories are great. You know what I mean? There's so many things. It's, it's, it's very difficult. I wouldn't part with my wife. She's been <laughs> great answer. for 35 yeah. years. I'll tell you what, that's the only thing that I don't part with. My wife has been super in the last two years. She's been my nurse, my best friend. She's taking care of me. And I certainly, uh, you know, wouldn't be here today having fun at the studio if it wasn't for her. Because I was really depressed. When you sit in a chair and you can't move around after being active your whole life, you appreciate the smaller things in life. And not to say that my wife is a smaller thing in my life, but what I'm saying is every little thing really you appreciate. And I didn't do anything for three months. And you can feel depression coming on. So anyone that's not feeling well, you know, try to keep a positive attitude. I think that's really the key to... uh, you know, your health. And what kicked you out of it? Just being able to become mobile again and and feeling better? Well, I think a combination of things. I think myself, my wife encouraging me, and also myself just one day saying, I think I'm going to die in this chair. And you hate to start thinking that. You you know, you know you're vulnerable and, and, uh, you know, you're not mortal anymore. You know, things can happen. You feel yourself getting depressed. And I I had no strength. I couldn't get up out of the chair. I was watching TV, you know, and the next thing you know it, you really get in a in a funk. One thing after another led to it, and now I'm feeling pretty good. I'm moving around. I'm walking with a beautiful cane. Uh, a know, Mets cane. Uh, a Mets cane, which is right now. Archamsky's uh, girlfriend, Teresa, sent me one. She found out I needed a cane. She sent me a beautiful cane. It's been great. I walk around. I need it for a balance on occasion. I don't always have it. I have different shoes on, which I'm moving around. But I really feel good. I'm in a good frame of mind. And hopefully, uh, you know, we can find a kidney and uh, I'll feel good for the next 20 years. And certainly. We're talking again with Ed Crample. You want to get that number uh, again, uh, Stony Brook Hospital, if, if somebody's willing to, to donate or get tested to see if it's a fit? Well, Stony Brook's Hospital's number is 631-444-2209. And I certainly appreciate coming in today talking. It's a great time. The Mets are doing well. The fans are in a good mood. So... I'm having fun. Yeah, you've been watching the team much uh, the first few weeks here? I've been watching it every night. I'll tell you what, it's 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 great to see the ball club jump off to a good start. See, I'd rather be in front. I want to win it early in April. Uh, let the other ball clubs chase me a while. You know, Leo DeRocher said he's looking over his shoulder. I'd rather be looking over my shoulder, no question about it, when I see these other ball clubs trying to catch me because come September, they got to look at the scoreboard. 
and follow the Mets all the time. So get the biggest lead you can. I hope they continue to play as well as they're playing. All their pitchers are pitching pretty well. Uh, their arms seem to be strong. They're healthy. You know, that's the key to winning, you know, health. I mean, it's the key to everything in life, obviously. But um, in, in baseball, those pitchers have to stay healthy. This is the first time they've had this whole staff uh, under one roof, and they're all able to pitch. Now they got six guys fighting for a starting position, so that will give them some momentum and also give them the extra arms they're going to need. Yeah, no doubt. Health is so valuable uh, for this Mets team. Uh, one player I want to ask you about, what do you think about Brandon Nimmo? Because he's got a lot of talent, but he's been coming off the bench, and he's he's really gravitated to that pinch hitting role, which is tough for a young player to figure out. It's the toughest role in baseball to do, but he's got to stay positive. He's got to stay ready. He's got to stay ready. He has to have the attitude that every time he goes up to hit, he's going to get a base hit up there and he's going to show the manager up. I used to think that way. I wanted to show the manager I should be playing every day. He's a good young player. He's a good outfielder. But, you know, there's three good outfielders out there. The Mets have a pretty good outfield, so he doesn't have a lot of room out there. So he's got to stay ready, but he's got to loosen up during the game, stay focused, stay in the game, and get as many hits as you can. The toughest thing to do is pinch hit. You're coming on a key situation. I I had it a little easier than Brendan because I would only hit in the eighth and ninth inning when the game was on the line. Mm-hmm. So I knew for six innings or so I could relax a little bit. But in the middle of the game, I would I would start loosening up. I'd get my bat ready. I'd I'd, I'd know the situation. I know the pitchers. Uh, I would have to face. Nowadays they change pitches. They don't always use the same relief pitcher. But when I pitched, you knew you were going to. St- face the star, mm-hmm. the game on the line, you knew who was coming in. So if he got me out in the past, I would just make a mental note of that. And that's why I say Rusty Staub was great with that. He, we would talk all the time. He would tell me what the pitches are throwing, et cetera, and I knew what was coming in. So I was ready. I would just be a little bit more aggressive sometimes. I, I, I watch some of the Met hitters, and sometimes they take that first strike. You might be able to do that as a regular player when you're going to get four opportunities. But as a pinch hitter, you better be ready to hit. So if you loosen up properly underneath the tunnel, mm-hmm. okay, and now when you get in there and the guy throws the first pitch in in the strike zone and it's my pitch that I want to hit, I'm swinging. I can't afford the luxury of taking it. So be aggressive at the plate. Yeah, it's funny with Nemo. When he's a starter, he takes. It's 3-2 count every time. And then off the bench, he tends to have that uh, aggressive approach. And it's Well, you better be. You have yeah. to be aggressive. As a pinch hitter, you're only going to get one chance. And remember, you're not coming in the game because you're winning. That other pitcher has been doing the right thing, and your club's down. And, of course, you know, you got to take advantage of it. They know you're sitting cold. This weather is horrendous. This is the worst weather I've seen in New York. I've lived here my whole life, and I love New York, you know, but really – the winters are really tough to go by, and I don't think we're going to have a spring this year. You know, we haven't had one yet. It's going to be 80 degrees. We're going to wake up. It's going to be 80 yep. degrees, and let's see the Mets <laughs> have a big lead by then. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, Ed Cranepole. And, Ed, we'll, we'll see you next year. Big year, 50th anniversary for the 69 Mets out at City. Well, if they have one, I'll be there. Thank you.